0: Yeah. yeah,
1: this is banter. Um, we did uh, "Mamas Don't Let Your Babies Grow Up to Be Cowboys" because um, yeah. we were. We, he I knew he would want to talk careers, so I thought that. <laughs> 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 I thought that's the soundest advice I know. So <laughs> we can scratch off cowboy. Yeah, yeah kind of right.
0: Have cowboy boots and a hat but don't necessarily be a cowboy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> leave, leave, leave the sidearm, right. the side piece go, at home too. Go to a 1,200 buck a night ranch. Um, but um, I was, so I was listening to the, the last podcast cool. and um, the process, it was so interesting. It Something hit me when I was listening to it. Uh, we talked about, um, oh yeah, all the sort of the stuff you, a lot of the stuff you learned in law school has been repealed, has been yeah. replaced, has been reexamined, just like, yeah. so all the a lot of the fruits Maybe of what you spent a lot of time uh, working on, uh, the fruit got changed or something yeah. like that. Yeah, and, the uh, specifics, the specifics yeah. changed. The process hasn't. And then, then we're like, you know what the the real thing behind it is like it's the it's the process of uh, of applying yourself to whatever it might be is what will stick with you forever. Right, and then we're talking about like the elliptical. <laughs> how you don't really move anywhere or i talked about my runs yeah and then i saw you ran you run a bunch of marathons it's like and you kind of <clears throat> arrived back at the start and then i start, then i panned out and i was like man when they say like from dust to, ash dash dust to dust or from dust you were kind of like formed and then back to it you'll return yes then the whole thing was just like whoa yeah. yeah it really is just like the kind of the process of X amount of lives that you're blessed with on the mm-hmm. planet. Cause you just basically turn back to the same thing that, that you yep. we were once.
1: <laughs> yes. You know, yes. Well, what is immortality? <clears throat> what, it, what is immortality? I, it, it is to me. And I focus on this a lot now. It's the effect you left behind. Mm-hmm. It isn't your titles. Um, I've never gone to a funeral and had someone's titles recited yeah um yeah. it's the important yeah. things it's what you meant to people, it's love it's uh relationships it's one on ones with kids and grandkids and trips and experiences and um you know things that yes, money can buy some of those, but it doesn't it doesn't buy the the essence of
0: them it sets them up it doesn't make them happen amen um gladiator, have you seen it in the movie? Russell Crowe
1: oh yes I have yeah yeah back in 2000
0: right uh one best picture best lead actor it's actually one of those just kind of hitting me one of those like epic sort of films you know like a Braveheart Mm. um that we don't haven't seen much recently in the box office and to win best picture you know uh so it's 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 sizzle and it's steak it has substance anyway there's this line in there um what we do in life echoes in eternity you know that's yeah. what they say to him right before they uh the barbarians charge i right. you know and so what are you gonna do <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and well, then like and then like commodus the dis- yeah. the disgraced son of marcus aurelius yeah. arrives on the scene he's like have i missed the battle he's yeah. like you've missed the whole war <laughs> 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 so what's gonna actually your eternity you know yeah you know, yeah might not, be, might not be great
1: well about being about to go into a battle as a gladiator does focus the mind, doesn't it? On uh it's hard to, to worry about trivial things when you, yeah. when you're in that situation. And, yeah. uh, you know, we're all going to be in that, not exactly that situation, but we are all going to have an end of life experience and we're going to look back and, uh, um, hopefully in a rational way and, uh, and be able to, uh, you know, look at what we've done
0: and be, uh, be happy. That's the idea. That's the idea. Um, so, we have uh Paul Haga um here in studio East
1: <laughs> <laughs> studio East Oh, yeah, okay. and I this is our fir- e, yeah, <laughs> e yeah, yeah. well either way, get, either way you want to go e with it. implies there's what five or six days <laughs> yeah uh, studios uh east and finally em- got it em- implies right. that there are four, so that's good
0: <laughs> <laughs> um so our, this is our first time uh doing the video, so yeah. um, and you said you combed your hair and it looks great. <laughs> I did. We got Linda Lynch. Thank you, Lenny, for <laughs> filming behind the camera and all. So this is exciting. Um, and uh, I was thinking that maybe we'll like kind of rewind it for you, Paul, okay. and like Montgomery County. You grew up in Montgomery County, correct?
1: Where'd you go uh, before prep? I was uh, um, actually I was born in Doctors Hospital, which one night when I was working late in my law firm at Seventeenth and I. I heard an explosion, and I looked over, and there was Doctor's Hospital being um, imploded (laughs) to make way for the Farragut uh, West subway station. So I was actually born at Farragut West. Um, We (laughs) we lived in uh, Park Fairfax, a community built right after World War II for returning veterans, and uh, we lived there, and I went to St. Rita's uh, school until I was uh, middle of third grade, and I... uh, um then we moved to little flower and yeah. grew up there until my parents you know moved out um um uh, when they were in elder care uh they we had that house the whole time wow so middle of 50 January of 57
0: yeah little flower i uh played uh hoop basketball for their parish team oh, and i you? was like the token protestant <laughs> <laughs> billy billy was big for his age. Uh, you listen, so. <laughs> I, I, I didn't know any Protestants. I, I just thought
1: they were, imp- there wasn't any way I could have run into them. I would just CYO and all the uh-huh, boys, the uh-huh. Boy Scout troop was Catholic. And I just, I thought Protestants and any other religion were just impossibly exotic. I, I, just, <laughs> I just kind of marveled yes, at, yes. at them. I'll tell you one story involving um, the Protestants I went over to. I was probably in fourth grade and I went over to the Westbrook uh, elementary school, you know, that was uh, not too much. So we bordered on little flowers. Actually, it's shared territory of the little flower. And they had a they had a school fair <clears throat> and they had a fortune teller. And it was somebody's mom dressed up in exotic <laughs> fortune teller garb. And you paid yeah. you paid a nickel and she told your fortune. And I you know, went paid my nickel, got a good chuckle out of it. And then I realized that going to a fortune teller was a mortal sin. (laughs) So I, I went to confession and I told the priest that I had sinned by going to the fortune teller at the Westbrook. Elementary school fair, and I could hear him chuckling, and he said, "Well, I th- I think God forgives
0: you." <laughs> <laughs> See what happens when you cross the tracks. <laughs> yeah, so I was a pretty literal Catholic in my early days. I mean, I mean, we all kind of were. I mean, I think I think a lot of kids are literal. Yeah, they are. They're, you know literal, I'm
1: they're literal. They don't, you know, and and some of them stay that way, unfortunately. But you know,
0: <laughs> yeah. the uh, the Bible
1: is. Heavily metaphoric and not literal, and you can get an awful lot out of it thinking it's metaphoric and not worrying about exactly where the Ark landed.
0: Correct. Well, the Ark landed here in Sussex Shores.
1: Yeah. <laughs> right. It's our How house. How about your house?
0: I love your house. Right. I love Thank your— Thank you. Would you say that your house is—I mean, there are other California-esque sort of designs to them? It's, it's yeah, interesting. The Ark and Journey's End. Then we ha- right?
1: Well, exactly. there. We have a California design here in our house uh, near Pasadena in L.A., Outside of L.A., we it looks like it's in Connecticut. Um, so we have, and and actually, people have filmed a couple things there that it's interesting were, that were supposed to be not in uh, Southern California. So interesting. We uh, we're, we're we're always out of step. Contrarians. We're a little Maybe. bit we're a little bit contrarian, <laughs> a little out of step. Yeah, yeah.
0: I love I love the designs. Yeah, I love thank the, you. The architecture. Thank um, you. Yeah. So, but you, but you're you're mostly at the Arc now, yes. uh, and and the kids come and use yeah. the house across right. the street. Um, what do you like about the arc better or? oh my gosh
1: <clears throat> i love them both yeah is it they're like both, did you improve
0: upon this with the arc? did you like I, well, you know add it's, this it's, it it's different
1: um first of all that when we when we did this um there was a period when where if you took something down you couldn't replace it with bedrooms on the first floor living spaces because of the flood thing. I think that's changed now. But at the time we had that we our choices were constricted because yeah. we couldn't take out the old part and yeah. we had to add on. So that was kind of a design challenge. But we, yeah. we love it. Yeah, the arc was all new um you designed and what, what actually happened was the arc we were going to um um we were gonna build the ark on another lot that we, the one we'd bought from the Goodies. Remember the Goody family, yeah. the florist and uh-huh. the congressman um, and we had a design for that lot, which is now the new goose over on, uh, uh fourth street, yeah. not fourth street, excuse me. Um, uh, Evans, uh, anyway, the, um, the, uh, um, the, we then this lot became available. Uh, this was the first place I stayed. So I'd stayed in 1963. I had stayed in the little yellow house mm-hmm. that my friend Jimmy Loftus from prep, uh, mm-hmm. brought me down to, and they owned and, uh, uh. I always told him don't don't ever sell it to anybody else. And his mom was ready to sell it, and uh, we bought it and moved in. But we had, we had already designed it for a different lot, so we had to make some changes to fit this lot, which was slightly different, mm-hmm. slightly differently done.
0: Well, and, we're, and right now we're talking about Sussex like Shores, one nine nine three zero. and, I, and, I, and I, I, you know, I think you know that I, I think you know that I. Love the, the the area codes that yeah. you have on your shirts. Yeah, this was
1: <laughs> this has GP on it. Had the best area code, Georgetown. Yeah. <laughs> up, but, uh, but, so you uh, have, yes, area I have
0: area codes on like golf shirts, college shirts um, for here in California, and, and for and Princeton. And Princeton. Yeah. So yeah, I yeah, wear, yeah. instead of instead of a shirt that says
1: Princeton, I wear an 08540 <laughs> <laughs> shirt. People, I get a kick out of Those who know. No. <laughs> those who know, And those no. who don't, don't need <laughs> <It's> to. okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, tell them. don't let them in on it. Yeah.
0: <laughs> you can actually say it's anything. This is my lottery number. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I, Powerball. Yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> anyway. Um But we're in Sussex Shores, Delaware. We're talking yeah. about this really special, unique community down here. Um and so one of your houses is Journey's End. Yeah. I think I get that. What about the Ark? How would you come up with that name?
1: Um, You know, I don't know. Okay. Uh, but to be honest with you, maybe so, the, uh, the grandchildren were around then, so maybe yeah. they had an well, interesting thought about uh, names. We like to take walks along the canals in South Bethany. We parked down at the old McCabe's and mm-hmm. go walking back in there with the dogs. And, you know, houses have names and they're, you know— Shore point and yeah. you know, sea breeze and things like that. But we saw one uh recently. The <clears throat> the name of it was Instead of Three Weddings. <laughs> 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 that's, that's perfect. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Three young women
0: are inheriting a beach house instead of having a big wedding. Yeah, that is the dowry. Um That is funny. So um back to I guess so it's uh, same um I say um Little Flower. Little Flower. Yeah. I came in third grade. Back in My, the yeah, back in I came Montgomery into, County. I came into Sister Angela
1: Mary's class uh, yes. and she just died last week. Uh-huh. I was kept up with her and I used to see her at least once a year for dinner and we about that. financially supported the Immaculate Heart of Mary nuns up in Scranton and uh um for a while our fifth grade nun and our third grade nun were alive and still there and it was wonderful we'd gather. We did a Fiftieth reunion in two thousand twelve, back at Little Flower, and got a whole got a whole bunch of us, and it was tremendously fun. I mean, but we you know we, we slipped right back in it. People just got back into whatever you know whatever group in, and whatever, into, whatever identity at that time they or had. something yeah yeah and at the dinner people were getting up and asking the nuns if they could go to the bathroom i mean it was really we were we really went that's funny we, we really transported that's funny but anyway just just lost
0: her and it was quite sad but um, uh, yeah. she was in her mid-90s life well lived yeah um so a little flower to georgetown prep mm-hmm. your parent um so I guess it's your. I mean, it's your kind of was your parents' decision, to be like, or or you liked prep, or were li- some of your yeah. friends going from yeah, Little yeah, Flower I to Prep? Well,
1: little, you know, the my friends from Little Flower were going everywhere: St. John's, Gonzaga, yeah, good yeah. Prep, Carroll, Whitman. I mean, every, anywhere. So I would have had had you know companionship along the way. Yeah, Prep was just highly regarded, um, and they gave me financial aid, which was nice. I was one of there were sixty six in my graduating class. I was one of only three on financial aid, and that um was an unbelievable opportunity. I simply couldn't have gone there without the financial aid and uh got financial aid at Princeton and Penn and, and uh um that's one of the things that's motivated me to uh do a lot of philanthropy fundraising
0: and board work for uh for educational institutions. Oh other people to have um a similar opportunity that you had. Yeah. You know exactly other kids that are in their same sort of shoes that yeah. Might be um, strapped for cash, and yep. you know, educate, and, education is the. We talked last time is, is a is a solution for a lot of things that pop up later in life. You yeah. know, if you can just kind of yeah. get them, put them in the right direction when they're young, and you know, if they don't have money, help will fund it. Yep, yep. We have a named scholarship at Prep, so uh-huh. very happy about that. Very good. Um, so you you loved uh, why I guess in eighth grade as a little flower. Um, student, you're looking at prep. I'm like, why? Yeah. What made you do it? So, or, do you remember back yeah, then? I like, just, why you did you prep not Gonzaga or St. Yeah, John's or yeah, public why, school or yeah, you know, whatever? Applied to all of them. Um, yeah. Oh, they I, said been, like financial aid. got the financial
1: aid thing made possible, but I, I just, I knew, uh, you know, people ahead of me in the class that mm-hmm. uh, had gone there. I knew they had a good time. It was a beautiful yeah. place. My gosh. Mm, it still is, You yeah. take one
0: look at it and you think, how did this small college land Right in my neighborhood, you know. And back and back then, uh, I'm not trying to date you, uh-huh. but like back then, the, the development around everything was a lot less than it is but now. We were out in the woods. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, you're talking about prep. Prep was out in the woods. Yeah. How cool was that? Yeah. i I'm just imagine that, you know. Now there's all a lot of concrete yep, <laughs> and, yeah. and development. Well, it
1: was before the beltway. Um, wow. Was uh,
0: completed. Wow. Um, and then so when you were at prep you uh, you you loved your experience.
1: Loved your experience. It was really good. It was it was really challenging. You know yeah. that's a that's the thing about it and and, and you know kids need challenges and they yeah. need and uh, we were we were challenged we were given some freedom but there were boundaries and we knew where they were. Yeah. And I worry sometimes that um in our efforts, to and I've observed this at some schools I've been involved with that in our efforts to be supportive, we forget about boundaries and, um, prep, I thought it had a very good combination of supportiveness and boundaries. What do you mean by that? Like, what I mean is that there is some, there are things that can get you kicked out of prep. Yeah. There are things that can get you suspended. Yeah. There are things that will go on your record and live with you for college apps and things like that. And, and, and it's clear what those are and you know what those are and you know, you know, you're not guessing about what I never. I never had a punishment I didn't deserve.
0: Um, right, and you say now, now what? Their their well, boundaries. I don't know. I, I think. I,
1: no. I think. I think prep still has my senses. Prep still has boundaries. I'm thinking of other aspects of society where, um, and and where where kids can grow up, um, with with. Thinking there aren't boundaries and sometimes proving it by doing something and getting a slap on the wrist at most
0: Yeah, not necessarily the con- the consequences aren't as uh, black and white or aren't uh, As they maybe should be now. Yeah, they're, they're more lenient. It's a more lenient sort of society yeah, and flexible is okay and yeah. lenient is okay
1: Provided they, there's not infinite flexibility and lenience. And I've observed to, that in some schools and yeah. have to worry about that.
0: You have to be willing to rock the boat um, if you want to be tough in institutions that are storied and mm-hmm. have a large endowment and have a lot of egos and influencers, you know? Yeah. So... Became, it can be, to be, it can be, to be tough. Management. It can be tough to be. It can be tough to be tough. It it at our kids' school. There's a lot. Um, I I was
1: president, uh, chairman of the board of our kids' school, Polytechnic in Pasadena. It's K through twelve, and they went there from fourth. One went from fourth, and one went from first. But um, when they were there, they were in high school when I was the board chair, and I just said, you know, you're you're orphan as far as y- in your relationship with the school and any discipline. You are orphans you you are the you were the two kids in this whole school whose parents can't come rushing in and come to their defense and argue about they got caught drinking or something and uh why they're cheating or whatever and why they shouldn't be uh tossed out and you know sorry about that but that's your situation i can't as chairman of the board i can't be seen even have a whiff of throwing my weight around and so you're on your own um you don't have a parent coming in so and I had that, you it's know, not when i was board chair I had parents come in and say, My my poor little kid, you guys
0: Yeah. Needs a second chance, needs a longer leash, blah blah yep. blah. He didn't mean to do it, that's not who he is inside. Right. Um yeah, I mean there's the validity to some of that, you know. Yeah. But that's not I don't think that's a bad approach. I mean, saying that yep. you kids you my, uh son or daughter, like you're going to have, you're going to be, you're going to an orphan yep. at this school. You yeah. know, you get the, you get the metaphor, the idea in, uh, symbolically. Yeah. Um, so, what happened so, so it's beep. like, it's on you. It's a lot of responsibility on yeah. Yeah. In, you in, as the in
1: high school beep, never drank a drop and, um, he had his own car. So he was, his nickname was designated driver. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he got, yeah. So he suffered twice. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he couldn't come home until everybody
0: was ready to go home to be driven by him, <laughs> and, he, and he doesn't get to have a buzz either. <laughs> right, right, right. Um, that's it's yeah, it's, but it worked uh, out. Worked out. He's you know, it, there's a lot of different ways to to do any anything you know, um, but I guess beep just kind of knew or he had some something speak to him inside. That's like alcohol or drinking yep. in high school yep. is not really worth it for me. Yep. And maybe what you said about the whole, or the you know, it's, it's it. a lot of responsibility. He's the older of the yep. of the two over yep. um, and he carries like that, you know, that responsibility. And yeah, yeah. And that, and that's education.
1: You know what? They while it was going on and even later, neither of neither me nor Blythe ever came to me and said, "Gee, I wish." You know you hadn't tagged me by being chairman of the board of the school right and so i was you know kind of a target or i was kind of on my own like that mm-hmm. um they never and you know years later they they, they were fine with it and mm-hmm. so they don't feel like they get deprived mm-hmm. of uh, of upper, some upper, of their opportunities, opportunities or yeah.
0: expe- life experiences, or yeah, yeah. They're pretty, no, they they're almost, they're, like, they're almost like almost like they should write you a thank you note or something. <laughs> I, <laughs> but maybe yeah, no, know, no, who, know, who knows? Who no, knows? Let's, let's, let's not get out over our ski tips here, <laughs> Billy. <laughs> I know let's what be, happens when that. Let's huh? be reasonable. Here. This is <laughs> true. This is true. Um, so you uh, you like rugby? Love you, rugby. You played at prep. Played? Uh, no, prep didn't
1: have it sadly. Huh, then how about that? Um would you play a I did a lot of I did play some football and yeah. did a lot of running um yeah. and um but mostly mostly running yeah uh, and we didn't have cross country I would have been good at cross country I yeah. think but uh anyway, I got to Princeton and um walked on to crew, which was a still is largely a walk on sport and yeah. uh loved it for a year but then uh, the freshman team uh, then sophomore year, I was too big for the lightweights and too small for the heavyweights and so <laughs> I went over to rugby. Um, we had some friends there and I just blossomed there. I loved mm-hmm. it. Um, mm-hmm. I was, ended up being uh, president of the rugby club and, uh, um, I was a uh, captain of my team in Philadelphia for four years. Uh, when I was in grad school, Penn. And, uh, yeah, it wasn't Penn. It was a club team, but yeah, we played yeah, yeah, yeah. Penn. when you're at Penn, but anyway, it was a um, great experience. Rugby and I, I've been, I got involved. Um, I stayed involved. I'm on the board of the Princeton, uh, rugby thing, the the rugby club house is called Hague House because we donated it. And, uh, the, um, um, uh, I have been when rugby got, sevens got put in the Olympics in 2000, well, 2012, it got voted in for 2016. Yeah, We didn't, there was no Olympic committee cause it wasn't Olympic sport and they didn't have the money. And so a whole bunch, couple hundred of us old guys, um, found each other and, uh, we call ourselves the golden Eagles and we now, uh, um, we've been financially and otherwise supporting. I was so sad. I couldn't go to Tokyo because mm-hmm. the, um, um, the, the, I, I knew all the players, um, mm-hmm. cause we, you know, followed them and supported them and we gave them internships and funded their internships and stuff. And, you know, unlike, unlike a, a better financed support, uh, sport, mm-hmm. these guys really depended on a handful of donors. And so we became very close to them.
0: Yeah. How'd they do?
1: They did well. Both the men and the women did well. They were both sixth, and they were a little disappointed in that because both of them wanted to medal. And they, yeah. you know, rug, rugby sevens is a short game, and so yeah. one or one one or two mistakes uh, can define it. Yeah. But I, I said, I wrote a note to a couple of them that I knew, and I said, look, uh, you know, when I was playing, we would have been happy with sixtieth, <laughs> not <laughs> sixth. You guys, yeah. you pe you guys and girls have uh, have brought us up to a. a, a level where we're world
0: competitive yeah. um so congratulations yeah the uh they're stewards of a great game and they've, yep. they've done they've had great stewardship um they'll delete american rugby players and and uh rugby's popular popular i don't know if it's just in our area you know what i'm saying between it, prep yeah. and then gazagas it's obviously great. well you they're know, both in their top 10 nationally every year Prepping Gonzaga, yeah, I and mean, Gonzaga perennially, been high up, there, yeah, upper yeah. echelon, you yeah. know, and it's good to see. I get been pretty good too. Prep breaking into it, yeah, right. It
1: the it rugby started, and well, Princeton rugby started in 1931, um, but it was large. It it largely started on the coast because that's where British Navy people would come and start a team and people would join and they start mm-hmm. doing it. then the colleges got it mm-hmm. and it's mostly a club sport. The, um, women, half the teams in the RV league for women are varsity. The others are clubs. All the men's teams, actually nationally, all the men's teams are club, not varsity. And it was, that was a great experience too, because we ran the, the, um, we ran the program. We had died. Uh, as club president, I had to call and make sure refs showed up for the games and, um, an ambulance was there if we needed it and mm-hmm. we, you know, all the uh, all the financing and the shirts we had to wash the uh, clothes we didn't have, you know this was, <laughs> we were, we were not Wash? What are you talking we, about? <laughs> we, well, we um, It smelled like would, sweat and beer Well, we, what happened was we would appoint traditionally we would appoint the newest rookie on the team to yeah. be what was called Keeper of the Jocks and he was <laughs> responsible for washing all the uniforms uh-huh. and Being a rookie, often, and a freshman, often they were out to lunch, frankly, Uh, and irresponsible 17-year-old kids. And uh, so sometimes we'd come to the next game, and he'd pull them out of the duffel bag, and they hadn't been washed since the last game. (laughs) The last game had been muddy. So there was some... (laughs) I mean, was,
0: so you look tough like that. We
1: were a guy, yeah. We looked, we looked we, coming up a double we, header or something. Well, we smelled tough, and you know, you bind <laughs> down in the scrum, and your your head's right in somebody's armpit, and yeah. uh,
0: so we could, <laughs> you don't want to be smelling Clorox. Right, you right. don't want them to be smelling
1: yeah. Clorox. But it was a great experience for us. I remember one. Uh, um, <clears throat> my my roommate was the captain. I was the president, and we um, we had to throw a guy off the team who was a good friend, a really good player, <clears throat> but he spit on a ref. And we, we tossed them off the team right on the spot. Now, you know, that's not an experience. Uh, a That's a leadership experience that a kid playing a varsity sport doesn't have. Somebody else does that. And I, I think I'd hark back to that kind of thing. And, try. you know, we had to make up the teams who was going to play on the A team and the B team and the C team. And we had to, you know, make sure people came. And we, we, we got the uh, transportation. We got the... Uh, um, made sure the other teams were scheduled. We did all the scheduling, and it was a real leadership mm-hmm. um, enterprise. And we would go abroad occasionally to mm-hmm. and to England or oh, into Martinique um, and play sides down there and have homestays and stuff, all organized by the students.
0: Soup to nuts. Soup to nuts. That's every, cool. I mean, that's that's yeah. a learning experience. That, as you said, you don't get it on a, on a varsity team when you, yeah. yeah, you, so you have administrators. You have adults you have adults and stuff like yeah. that. Um, you get other experience, but if you want. I don't know. Like you talked, we talked last time about how you were, you were, um, you were like lead counsel. We represent these different companies yep. at Deckert and you're like i kind of want to be more than just the the lawyer that's brought into the room right. to like you know say this or that i kind of mm-hmm. want and to, i'm taking maybe words out of your yeah. mouth i kind of want to do more with like marketing and just from yep. top to bottom sort of stuff right. and I uh, to be
1: involved and be able to say more things yeah 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 not, yeah.
0: not just the, the legal perspective yeah. <clears throat> you, that, know, it, you know,
1: the legal stuff wasn't <clears throat> the legal stuff wasn't easy um, and it it never got routine, it stayed challenging, but yeah. it was, it was more narrowly focused and, and lawyers. And I talked to a lot, I talked to a lot of kids, as you might imagine, that are thinking about law school. Yeah. And I would just say, you know, it, it was really a lot of focus on spotting issues and identifying risks. And protecting against the downside that's your role on the team Mm -hmm. your defense Mm -hmm. you're not offense you're not going to score points by having great ideas to move the enterprise forward that's that's the marketing people role the product development the others and you have to understand that not that you you can't have ideas you can't be creative you can't participate and of course there's a lot of creativity in getting the legal stuff right drafting documents and things like that. But it it's it, it is it's definitely more more of a downside risk aversion focus. And if that's okay with you, uh, then fine if it's if it's not, then um you you might want to think about other avenues. Um for me the the avenues was to, you know, practice law for gosh, twelve years and then even practice it in in house. At the uh, mutual fund company but then kind of fear off a little bit and now at the end of my life I uh, you know I, I can I can talk meaningfully to with the lawyers but I'm not
0: not doing exactly what they're doing correct and uh, yeah you probably like it better now I mean I mean well, you probably liked it at the time yeah, every, every 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 the season yeah. what's the song everything for a season, season turn, yeah. turn 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 you know? yeah exactly <laughs> Exactly. To get I mean, back to Catholicism, correct, correct. Yeah. Um, so you, went, I didn't realize
1: you went Catholic. I would have com- tried to convert
0: you. Uh, I converted. Did you? I did. Yeah. Oh, Good. Okay. Uh, good. I saved me the trouble. Chris Abel was instrumental in that. Great. Um Just being at Day and yep. being around strong Catholics, role yep. models, and stuff. And good. And uh, Lynn and I were raised. We're raised um, Methodist. I mean, we were, we're baptized Methodist. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I was just looking for me personally at modern day that got in that got in my veins and stuff yeah, like that good and still stills there but um so MBA did you like it in your MBA at, at Penn
1: I did Um, I it would, the way it worked, and they had just started these a year, but I was trying to decide between going to business school and going to law school. Yeah. And then when I found out you could do both, I said, wonderful, It'll keep me off the streets <sighs> a year. And it was a four-year program. You first did strict first-year law school, then strict first-year business school. And then the last two years, you were enrolled in the law school and paid tuition there but took courses over in Wharton uh, in the business school. I, I liked it because, um, you know, it was working. It was like working out on different pieces of equipment at the gym. I used to joke that if I were on the law school side of Walnut Street in Philadelphia, if somebody asked me a question, I had to roll my eyes and say, well, start off by saying, well, arguably uh, this and, you know, the plaintiff could argue this. And, um, If you said yes or no you got tossed out of class that Mm -hmm. wasn't that wasn't the 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 point that wasn't the vocabulary you it was issue spotting over in the you know wharton school um yes or no was fine and the exercise was you know should the company buy the trucks or lease them and you're going to come up with a one-word answer um and and it was neither of those fully reflected the um the sort of the process of life you do end up making decisions, but you also probably analyze them a little longer. And there's, there's more gray area than the business school reflects. And there's more black and white at the end of the process than the law school reflects. In the law school, it's just, did you spot all the issues? And the, your ultimate outcome, your ultimate decision, do it or don't do it, is much less important. And right. so it was, a, it was just, it was a really good to be able to do both those at once. Uh, it literally in the, in the, <coughs> bless you. The, to do Again. both those at once in the same day ah. was, uh, was a good exercise. It's,
0: it's great. It's, uh, it hits all the the necessary maybe spots, you know, yeah. of the brain, you know, yeah. jurisprudence, uh, always from rings of philosophy. Yep. And I think that's where the, the basis of a lot of it comes from, you know, the Greeks and stuff okay. like that. Yep. And they're, and the philosophy is all about you know, n- not necessarily having a definitive answer, not having an absolute, right. you know, um, but you need it. And so that's the theory. And then for maybe we, yeah. anyway, the business side would be like, kind of like the practice of like, yes, yes or no yeah. on leasing or, or, or whatever it might be. Yeah. Um. But as you said, you know, there's a, there's, there's a yin to the yang, yeah. but to get those concurrently, I would think helps round out the brain, you, you,
1: you need them both. And the farther along you get in your career, the more of both you need. Mm-hmm. And you know, sometimes, you know, people get, uh, people get stuck in one or the other more than they should. The lawyers can never make a decision. Sometimes Some lawyers mm-hmm. who never make a decision, yeah. They can just keep spotting issues and they, they actually look pained when someone says, okay, should we do it or not do it? Mm-hmm. Um, and some business people, you know, move fast and break things. um <laughs> Are you know a little, little too quick to yeah. to run through the gauntlet of lawyers <laughs> who, it's more, might, it's more who might who might have some real, some real uh, important input. Yeah. But they're kind of th- looking at the how how can we get this not through legal but around legal, yeah, or past legal. Right, 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 right. Um, and so, you know, having, yeah. having experienced both of those early on was a was a really good, uh, I think good mental training and is employment. you Pat,
0: where is you, is you Penn Scranton? No, no, it's in Philadelphia. It's in Philadelphia. It's okay. In Philadelphia, okay. West, so West Philadelphia is across the school kill from uh, downtown. Do you like the Philadelphia cheesesteaks? Oh my God.
1: <laughs> Love it. Well, I, are so good. I tell everybody that, um, you know, I was out on the West coast and I was right in the peak of my career. Kids are in school. Yeah busy as could be. And the Dean of Penn law school came out and asked me to to join the board. And I said, Oh, I I just, I can't possibly do that. I don't have time. And he said, well, you know, you'll be forced to come to Philly four times a year. And I said, done, sold. (laughs) 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 And then I asked him, which were the good cheesesteak places now. And, there I was, so I've been on the board. I just, just retired from it, but I'm on the board for something like 24 years. Yeah. And that's that's a lot of cheesesteaks. That's a lot of cheesesteaks. You like the cheese whiz? Or you like provolone? Or what do you like? I like provolone. Yeah. But uh, yeah. I don't like Swiss. I don't know if you remember. I've never, when, uh, I've never done a Swiss. Well, no one's ever done it. But um, John Kerry, when he was running for president, was in Philadelphia, and no one had briefed him that he wanted either provolone or whiz. And preferably whiz. And they said, What kind of cheese do you want? And he said, Swiss and the place fell silent. <laughs> so, well, well, faux pas well, That was as big a faux pas as I mean, uh, as the windsurfing yeah. was and just saying, Okay, you're not one of us, you're elite. Yes. It's like
0: that's uh more revealing than any debate. <laughs> oh, wait, absolutely,
1: it <laughs> yeah, speaks to the, the real, the real people. Program. This is the real. This is yeah. the real me. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, I like. Um... I like the cheese with. I like. I get like both. Yeah, I'm like like saying that. What do you think about Surf's Up down here? Do you like oh, surf? I like sup? It. Yeah, love it. It's a great cheesesteak. Love it. I love it. Man. Yeah. Now that my metabolism has
1: slowed, I uh, <laughs> I uh, limit myself. I yeah. I, I ration myself on Surf's Up cheesesteaks, but I, mean, I love them. Moder- moderation, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Everything in moderation. Well, it makes moderation. them special. If I had a cheesesteak every day, it wouldn't be. That's kind of like living in California. The weather yeah, only... always at...
1: perfect. Billy and I are having lunch after this uh, for you listeners, <laughs> and I think we've just talked ourselves
0: into our menu selection. <laughs> <laughs> this podcast might get a little bit shorter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, uh, Philly, you like you like the town? Oh God, I love it. I love it. brotherly love.
1: You know, if you if you meet someone from Philly and you say where you're from, they answer their neighborhood, not. Philadelphia. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it's just, it's a city of neighborhoods. The neighborhoods are all interesting. Architecture is interesting. It's affordable. Um, People love it. Uh, One of the things that interested in me that uh, I knew people, of course, knew lots of guys from Philadelphia at at Princeton, and they all wanted to go back. And you don't, you know, the, the Cincinnati guys didn't necessarily pine to return home. The Cleveland guys didn't pine to return
0: home. All the Philly guys wanted to go back. Yeah. More than any other city. Interesting, interesting. Yeah, um, it's got that Rocky statue. I remember <laughs> one time I was in, <laughs> I was in Philadelphia for a wedding. A good friend of mine, Roger Garfield, and um, one uh, after after the wedding, I was like, I need to go for a run, yeah. <laughs> maybe for obvious reasons. Um, and I was like, running. I'm like, where is, where are the Rocky steps? Where are huh? the Rocky steps? And I don't know. I, asked I to, ran to a, your yeah to your point. Yeah. Like everyone was you know super friendly. They just keep going down there. Take yeah, yeah. take a right, a block. But too bad, like I'm not really good with directions. <laughs> <laughs> I need more maps, like you had. Yeah, I'm a well, Philly of the generation. Is, you know, Philly but.
1: was laid out by like Boston by where the cows walk down to the river to drink. Yeah, that's where the streets are. They're not. They're not a grid. Little, the, they're a little yeah. bit more of a grid now, but there's a lot of diagonals. So, I I appreciate that. And of course, the river cuts, yeah. cuts through. So uh, yeah, yeah, that. But yeah, I ran up the rocky steps hundreds of times. I love those.
0: It's yeah. Did you raise your hands in the air like Ro- Listen, right no. after Rocky came out, so that was like that could, was yeah eighty one right? Yeah, yeah, it was it was
1: around that. Was that yeah. when you were in? Yeah, so oh, I wait. was no, but I was going there uh, yeah. regularly. Yeah, but um, Rocky was a very Philly movie. It really uh, mm. it really caught
0: the the zeitgeist. the zeitgeist. is right to have a fictitious character, yeah. uh, a, a statue in you know in the middle of the city.
1: Yeah. They're probably one of the most
0: famous attractions now. Right. It's like the lo- yeah. the love yeah. symbol, but yeah. to, you know, it's like that's amazing. Yeah, I don't yeah. know if Stall- Stallone. I don't think he's from Philadelphia, is he?
1: I, he's from D.C. I think he went okay. to St. John's. Yeah. Okay, how about yeah, that? I, I did not. So. Yeah. I did not know that.
0: Yeah, but Philly certainly adopted him. Yes. Yes. Unbelievable. It's
1: yeah. really cool. Yeah, but it's great when you know we talked earlier about movies. It's great when a you know movie can be. That iconic and, just, the and, and that shared fiction. that much shared as a part of literature. Remind me of a story you <coughs> heard recently. The um, some friends of ours decided that they would immerse their adult. They would watch the top I don't know twenty or hundred whatever movies of all time with their adult mm. children and sort of share that cultural experience yeah. with them, and then have a discussion. So they decided the first movie they would watch was Casablanca, which mm-hmm. the parents, of course, seen, you know, my age. They'd mm-hmm. seen m- multiple times the kids had never seen. So they watched it with their kids and they said, uh, afterwards, they said, well, what did you think? And both the kids said, gosh, there were a lot of cliches in it. <laughs> <laughs> How do you think they became cliches? It's, uh, right? Exactly right. Yeah. There
0: 20, are 20 lens, you know. Yeah. Yeah. They seem like back then maybe not, yeah. you know. Here's, here's looking at, yeah. at you kid.
1: Yeah, right. Running upstairs and raising your arms is kind of a cliche now, yeah. but when he did it it was
0: introducing it, was it to the culture revolutionary yeah. or you know, yeah. first time done. So
1: now it's nothing special, now, but now, imita- now imi- yeah. imitated
0: now uh, imitated many times over, yeah. you know. Um what's your favorite movie? Do you oh have a favorite? Uh um, yeah, like you got well, you got have a few. I, I pick I, movie. I, I, I love here, I love movies.
1: Here, I'll, pick, on the top. I'll, pick, I'll pick one uh, Witness. Uh the like okay. Philly, Philly again, a Philly movie,
0: Philadelphia Cop. Yeah. Um Who's in that?
1: Gosh, uh, I was afraid you'd ask me that. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to remember is it but newer or older? It it's older. It's Harrison Ford.
0: Interesting. Okay. Is in it. Okay, cool probably nineties, maybe little,
1: little boy witnesses a murder when he's in a men's room and the little boy happens to be Amish Uh Uh and, um, he's the witness. Um, and it, that involves, uh, corrupt cops and Harrison Ford has to basically go out and live with the Amish Mm -hmm. to work with his kid. And it, it's it's just, it's riveting. Interesting. But it's, it's the, it, it does a great job with the two cultures that are thirty miles apart.
0: And physically yeah, and, they're thirty and,
1: miles apart and they're thirty centuries apart.
0: Uh, yeah, I was about to say that. and yeah. And it's, it's yes. More, and morale, morality of like you know yeah. the corrupt cop and the, the pure innocence of Amish. I would think. Yeah, and it but it's
1: it luckily it's not um it's not in your is it, in your face as it sounds like that yeah but you're right there's no, a, and there's a lot of courage with this little boy of course and uh, and of course Harrison Ford is heroic
0: he's a great he's a what great al, one. what else I mean I was about to say <laughs> Harrison Ford's not the corrupt cop yeah, you, wrote,
1: you, you just don't write those lines for, you know, he was not the corrupt cop uh, you don't yeah.
0: write those lines for Harrison Ford yeah exactly um so Philly um, so at Princeton um, you're still involved, in Princeton, right? Oh yeah, I'm on the still on, I'm on, the, the, I'm on the board. I'm on the board. You're on the board. I'm the board. I'm the, the, tru- chair- the trust. I'm on the chair. I'm the, the trustees. Chair- I'm, a, yeah, I'm at
1: board of trustees. I'm chairman of the grounds and buildings committee, and have been. I'm, this is, I'm entering my la- ninth and last year. Um, right. Eighth, eighth and last year. Excuse me. Uh, my eighth and last year, which is going to be sad. But I've been on the board of the rugby foundation, uh, raise money and vended, it, and we give the kids a uh, uh, students a. Uh, budget we help they develop a budget and we approve it and we diverse the funds and stuff so uh, we have a role in that and i've been really involved in it and helping them with helping them deal with the university et cetera. help the girl women's team become varsity
0: this year which we're excited about do you um so you're at the end of your tenure eight, 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 eight year uh and we're so, really involved. Heather's service. on the
1: uh, advisory committee for the Art Museum, and we've been really involved in that. In L.A.? No, in, uh, uh, in Princeton. Okay. And Princeton's building a new art museum, and we're involved in that. And I got involved in the design of it uh, cause, uh, uh, because of being the grounds and buildings chair. So we got a lot of involvements. We'll keep them even when I am finished the board. Heather's on the board of the seminary, which was part of Princeton until 1812. When the kids were misbehaving, and the Prince, the Presbyterians who had founded Princeton said, "Let's build something across the street and start over again." It was sort of, <laughs> <laughs> it was an Old Testament solution. <laughs> we'll just, scrap it all. We'll, sc- yeah, we'll scrap yeah. these guys. Let them let them drink beer, and, <laughs> b- drink beer, and go to Wall
0: Street. We'll, That's right. We'll have our own. So you um you love Princeton. Yep. You still love Princeton. Yep. Uh, can you can you pick out like. Your favorite uh, edu- educational experience?
1: You know, um, I, mean, I, I think a lot of it. Why well, was a? I was an economics major, and um, <clears throat> I had they didn't teach economics in high school then, so I knew nothing about it, and I was completely up in the air as to what um, what I would study, what I would major in. I didn't even, you know, I'm pretty sure I didn't want to be an engineer, but within the liberal arts and sciences, natural sciences, I didn't know, but. Um, when I got there, economics just jumped out at me, and I just said, "Wow, this is great!" And I, I, uh, I really liked it, and I ended up majoring in it, and I ended up working as a uh, uh, research assistant in the economics department. Stayed there two summers doing it, um, and worked during the year as part of my campus campus, uh, you know, contribution yeah. campus work contribution. But and it was really good, and I stayed up with. I just spoke three years ago at the funeral for the. Professor, who for whom I was a research assistant, he'd left and gone to Berkeley, um, but I stayed in touch with him, and so I I think that was the greatest. You know, getting to getting to look sort of behind the the lens at um, um, you know at at people who were working in the field of economics, uh, in addition to the you know the teaching part of it, that was important to me.
0: That was uh, probably a serious spark for you. Getting that um, upper level high education with respect to economics yep. and business, which sort of like be you know lit your uh, the pathway for your career. And, you know, if if
1: it's interesting when um, God bless him that the my professor Dwight Jaffe that I worked for, um, he um, when I said I'm thinking of going on in economics, meeting a PhD, he was from MIT, and the all the professors economics then became very mathematical mm-hmm. uh it, it was all building econ- econometric models and I, we worked on uh the um uh wharton econometric model and the theory of it um which uh, it was has been largely debunked but the theory of it was that if you just had enough simultaneous quadratic equations in your model you could change any variable you know, short term interest rates and look at cattle production out the other end that that you could, you could, you could, you could basically map all the numerical relationships, mathematical relationships among all the uh, economic variables. And whenever something would happen that wasn't predicted they would just say oh we need we need more equations <laughs> and finally they realized that there was way more going on here than can be predicted by occasions mm-hmm. uh, equations and that's when um not directly after that but after that the uh, uh it, it got to, economics got together with psychology and um the behavioral economics field started and i've been very interested in that i read a lot of stuff daniel kahneman and others and, you know, maybe if um, uh, if behavioral economics had been the the thrust of the economics industry profession, I might have gone on for a PhD in that and been an academic. But it was just, he he told me, he said, God bless me he said, uh, you should take linear algebra. Right. <laughs> I was about to throw that in there. Linear algebra. Linear algebra was the death of me. That
0: was the... Uh... The ghost and the yeah. machine. But everybody
1: should, everybody should do that. I just, Amen. Um, everybody should have a course. And it was the life of you then. Knock
0: them out. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah.
1: Well, I had another experience like that. I uh, senior, mm-hmm. I knew I was senior year. I knew I was going to um, go to business school and law school and start the yeah. fall. Because that's what you did then. You didn't work. And I'm really glad now people do something different and don't just go straight through on school. Mm-hmm. But And I counsel everybody to, to do that work for a while. But anyway, I I, knew I was going to do that, and I had some of the back of my head. I said, you know, doing all this, you know, law, math, business, finance, I wonder if I have some creative talent mm-hmm. that hasn't been explored. Um, maybe I'll just try. So I took creative sculpture. Um, luckily, I took it pass fail, uh, <laughs> spring of my senior year, and consisted of basically it was a it was a figure. Models as woman, yeah. woman that we were sculpting, um, and the there were about probably twelve of us in the class, all doing all the doing our sculpture and uh, trying to match the naked woman model. But anyway, I um, for about the first three classes, he just walked around and he, and he actually hadn't spoken to me. And he was this famous sculptor who taught at a guy named Joe Brown, who's done a lot of uh, trophy, a lot of athletic uh, sculpture, mm-hmm. fabulous. And anyway, he came by. Um, and he looked at my sculpture, he looked at the model, looked back at my sculpture, looked back at the model, and then he said, I can't believe that's what you see. <laughs> and then he walked off, and that was the end of creative sculpture. I actually, I actually felt good about it, because I said, well, apparently I'm not wasting an artistic talent by uh,
0: choosing to go to yeah. law and business. To know what you're not helps you understand who, oh, absolutely. what you are.
1: Yeah. And when you try it, I th- you think, you know, a lot of this is like with, uh, with little kids playing instruments, it's kind of the yeah. same way for the rest of my life. I've, I, I'm sure that based on that three months of experience trying to sculpt that it's made me even more appreciative of, um, sculpture.
0: Yeah. If you try, uh, it appreciates yeah. that the that, that, that talent that you don't have. Yeah,
1: yeah, and you know, kids play instruments, and when they do, and then you know, even if they, they don't do it later, every time they go to a concert, humbling. they they know what that took.
0: Uh, yep, absolutely. Um, do you have a your favorite book? Oh my
1: gosh! Um,
0: or how do you constitute a favorite book? Even yeah, you know, they I can I go think many I, different directions. There. I think
1: I've told you this. Um, my brother-in-law Ted, who's 76 um every year he goes they they have a place in he and my sister have a place in Maine and they they live in Boston and they go up there and he goes goes there to, to the cabin two days early and reads The Great Gatsby. Uh,
0: I so did tell me that he's read yeah. The
1: Great Gatsby. Yeah, I wanted you to meet him because yeah. you're a great books guy, and I Aren't thought you, you guys yeah. could yeah connect over that, that next time. I, I love to talk with him. I reread The Great Gatsby. Uh, I reread it. Um, I'm not sure I could read it every year, but um, but I like I like I liked that one. It's really hard to say. I, I you know I read a lot of nonfiction. Um, uh and I I'm actually reading one now that I'm really liking. It's called Cobreaker. It's about uh Tenor for got the Nobel Prize for doing uh gene editing. Um and was involved in the uh of course in the um um uh COVID um uh cure thing. It's by uh Walter Isaacson who's done a lot of biography. A lot of stuff, right. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm enjoying that right now. That's for my uh And then there's another one called um, "Under a White Sky," and I'm um, blanking on the name. We always read two books and every quarter, and uh, that one's about control of nature. And I guess one of my favorite books along the way has been "The Control of Nature" by John McPhee, M C P H E E, who teaches creative writing at Princeton. And it's literally about you know making the Illinois River flow backwards in Chicago. I think it's Chicago River. and um all the stuff that's been done down in the mississippi delta to control the mississippi and some of the knock-on effects uh of that that are maybe uh suboptimal would be a kind word um huh. to say about them and you know when we've controlled nature sometimes uh it hasn't been to our uh to our advantage yeah. U- ultimately
0: yeah right 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 what was that book called again about nature C- the the under a white sky is the new uh, one, and control of nature. Control of nature. Yeah, interesting. It? Yeah, it's, it's hard to to dance with Mother Nature and take the lead. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, usually you, can, you let her lead, and you, you kind of like conform can, to her. Well, if you see, if you
1: deceive yourself by thinking you're taking the lead, because you make something happen, Mother Nature's got a whole bunch of responses that you didn't anticipate.
0: There's a great line: "We are all." We are all gods, but for our wisdom.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah, exactly.
0: Um, the Great Gatsby is wonderful. Um, <laughs> Linda has the book here, matter of fact. Hey. Uh, I could read that. I mean, number one, which is <laughs> on the surface, it's uh, kind of short, which yeah. helps to be able to read it in a couple of days. Well, it probably but, also uh, helps to be able to could. teach it,
1: because the kids will get through it, and they, you know, it's... Didn't take them three months and they forgot what the first hundred pages were. So it's a beautiful book. Yeah.
0: It's a beautiful book. Have you taught it? To, yeah. 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 Uh, a few times to eighth graders. Huh? Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, that's a book I, you know, I, I, so How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie. My dad gave me that a long time ago and it took me a few years. I'm like, oh, I'll really pick this up. And now I, I read it every, like christmas new year that sort of like turning over the calendar starting afresh fresh or new you know kind of mm-hmm. ref- it's a good refresher yeah. as to how to operate generally i
1: should pick that up i've never read it um you know again i mean it's 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 probably a lot of new ideas when he wrote it in the 50s or whatever and that are cliches now yeah but, but were new ideas when he uh, when he brought them up and yeah, he's
0: been very influential. So, definitely, Inf- I, I good, good point. I'll go pick that up. Yeah. yeah, there's a little subchapter. It's just titled "Smile." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. there's a lot. You know, well, we talked in an earlier talk about about humor and yes. about how how injecting
1: humor kind of brings down the tone. Yes, in things that could otherwise be divisive, correct. It is helpful, and you know when you're in people of various quote ranks in an organization a little self-deprecating humor coming from the leadership is okay because yeah. it reminds people that it reminds us that we you know we, we we the people who've been around a long time and are in the leadership positions may may have more experiences to bear but we're not necessarily better people or smarter or more capable or wiser that you know there's there's some benefit to having having done it for a while but it doesn't mean that uh,
0: it's not absolute
1: well it's not absolute and it doesn't mean that that younger people's more maybe naive or less informed views aren't welcome so, so true. And that's one of the hard things to do is to get um, get people to speak up in the presence of because they don't want to they don't want to seem foolish
0: you, yeah, yeah and it's a it's a way of leveling the playing field I think mm-hmm. um, People of authority not taking their authority all that seriously. Maybe yeah. even if it's on the surface, just yeah. to, to yeah. give out that air so yeah. that, you know, the lower-ranking Folks feel comfortable yeah. to bear their mind or yeah. whatever. You know, then yeah, yeah, no. it's a little bit of it. But you, no, yeah, a little goes a long way, but you, you got to do it's it. The, it's the middle It's the middle ground of, of yeah. everything in life that you just got to find that sweet spot, yep. you know, of everything. Yeah. You know? Well, I
1: always tell I tell young people um, make them a say, I said, the only inexcusable mistake is one from which you didn't learn mm-hmm. something or yeah. you hid. Um, and the only stupid idea. Is the one you didn't, didn't express? Say. you yeah, didn't share. Yeah, you kept it to yourself. Wise words.
0: Um, Wise words. Um, this has been good. This is going to be great. Yeah, um, we got to do another one, so we got more to talk about. Okay, but I really enjoyed it. This was great. Yeah, we
1: will do another one. Thank you, Paul. But first, oh. we got to go get some cheese steaks.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I am uh, no Swiss. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no no Swiss. All the Swiss. I, yeah. may, be, I may appear elite. Keep the, keep the Swiss I for Ruben. may appear elite, but yeah. I'm not John Kerry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, Great. Thank you. thank
0: you. Pillars of community is a hyper-local approach to the podcast. Chevy Chase, Bethesda, Kensington, Washington, D.C., a podcast of people who are pillars unto themselves, and because of that, they stand pillars of our community. It begins by being your best self, your best pillar. Then, just like that, magically, whether you know it or not, the community will feel your effect. These p- people are pillars of community. Be
1: a pillar.